My voice, then I can't speak. <laughs> but I uh, really enjoy this time with you here this morning as the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, in, the, in the center of everything. So encouraging. So this morning, if you would, we will turn to John's Gospel, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1. And uh, we'll read uh, a little bit just before verse 51, but... Uh, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ here uh, finding his disciples, and they're coming to him. And how exciting it must have been to them. They've been waiting for so long for the Messiah. And there they come, and, and Philip comes to Nathaniel, and, and he tells him, we have found him, the one who Moses spoke about. And uh, here he is, and, and Nathaniel says, What? And he says, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel says to him, he says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And uh, he says, well, come and see. And, uh, as, uh, and then he comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the Lord, as he sees him in verse 47 of John 1, he says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, and this is the verse that I want you to focus on. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Heaven open. So now we'll turn to Acts chapter 7. And I want to look at things here where we see heaven open. And... Chapter 7 of the book of Acts. This is a wonderful chapter. Somebody like uh, my, my daughter one time was witnessing to a Jewish man. And uh, she realized that she couldn't use the New Testament to uh, witness to him. So as she was witnessing to him, she said, where should I turn? I said, go to Acts chapter 7. <laughs> Here's uh, Stephen using the Old Testament to convince the Jews. And uh, it's a wonderful expose of the Old Testament as Stephen is giving to them and they're cut to the heart and, and they get upset with him. And then we read in, uh, in verse uh, 54 of Acts chapter 7, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. 
Then we'll go to chapter 10 of the book of Acts. Chapter 10, and uh, this is communication from heaven, heaven open. And here Peter is just at the, a turning point here. The Lord had said to him in Matthew that uh, he would give him the keys of the kingdom of heaven and that uh, Peter would open up the door for the Jews as he preached on the day of Pentecost. And then now he was opening up the door to the Gentiles as he was going to Cornelius. And the Lord was communicating something to him because this would be very hard for a Jew to change his mind about thinking about the Gentiles. And the Lord said to, uh, to Peter here, as he was there at the house of Simon, and he, he was hungry. And as he was hungry, like he, uh, it says in verse uh, 10, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open. He saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the, of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And the heaven was communicating. Heaven opened. And then we'll turn to Revelation. Got two more uh, scriptures to read. Revelation chapter 19. And uh, concerning heaven open. And here it's the Lord Jesus Christ who is coming. And the world may not believe in him and they may not want to have anything to do with him, reject his word, but one day he will come again. He will come to this earth. And uh, it says in verse 11 of chapter 19 of Revelation, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress, the winepress to the fierce, of the fierceness of, and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And one more scriptures about heaven open. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 10. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. And it says here, and John, you know, amazing vision that he has here. And he says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And we could go on reading, but we'll stop because of time. It's so wonderful to read about these things. So what I want to 
talk to you about this morning is heaven open. Heaven open. You know, heaven open is communication between heaven and earth. And uh, before sin came into the world, heaven was open and Adam could communicate with his creator. And we see like in the book of Genesis, you know, how that the creator uh, told Adam about the creation and the wonderful things that we see there. And, but when sin came into this world, it, it broke communication with God. And this is the, the sad thing about this world. This world in sin, heaven is closed. And there's no communication between heaven and earth. And uh, because when they sinned, they were afraid. It says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they were glad. Well, they were before. But this time there was a problem. There was sin. And it says, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. That was sad, wasn't it? Before, it would have been just the, the nice time of the day, the cool of the day when the Lord would come and commune with them. But now there was something that had taken place. Sin had come into the world and death by sin. And so therefore now they were no more enjoying the presence of God, but they were afraid because of their sin, and they hid themselves among the trees of the garden, and the heaven was shut, and there was no communication with uh, heaven anymore between man and God. Sin brought death into this world. But uh, we see now, as we read in John's Gospel, chapter 1, that between the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and him, like there, there would be communication again. And this is so wonderful. Through him, through the Lord Jesus Christ, like Nathaniel had a desire. He was under the fig tree, and I, I believe when he was under the fig tree, he was praying. He was praying to God. And the Lord Jesus Christ saw him. And I believe that's why when Nathaniel uh, realized that the Lord Jesus Christ saw him, he was talking with him when he was under the fig tree. And he recognized him as the king of Israel, the Messiah, the one of whom he had said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, come and see. And he saw, and he saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful thing, you know, under the fig tree. So now it is wonderful that we can have communication with heaven again. Uh, many people don't want it. You know, they just want to go about their lives and they don't want to have communication with heaven. But it's foolish, isn't it, when we think that God wants to have fellowship with us. But there is a problem. The problem is sin. But he's taken upon himself to deal with that. Because we can't do it. Uh, look at all the religions in this world. And none of them can fix the problem of sin. Separation between us and God. But God, he loves us. And uh, he is rich in mercy and he's provided, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world to work out our salvation perfectly. And it's amazing, you know, why wouldn't people want it? When you think about it, it's all there for the taking. The price is paid. It was very expensive, but the price is paid. The Lord Jesus Christ shed his precious blood for us on the cross of Calvary, and therefore we can be reinstated again with God through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the Lord was saying to Nathaniel here. He says, like, you, you will see heaven open. 
and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So this is wonderful. Through the Lord Jesus Christ now, we have access to heaven. In Hebrews, which uh, brings us into the heavenly place, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Now in the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle and then the temple, and there was a veil, and you couldn't, you couldn't enter through that veil because this was the presence of God. Heaven was shut. There was only the high priest with the blood that he would be able to go in once a year. And think of these people, Jewish people, you know, thinking like, you mean to say that we can enter into the holiest of all? Yes, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the veil was rent from top to bottom when he gave his life for us on the cross of Calvary, when he shed his precious blood, and now we have boldness. It's not arrogance, but it's assurance to go into the holiest of all by this new and living way which the Lord Jesus Christ has consecrated. When he died for us, he opened up the way for us to enter, to have heaven open and to have communication with God. It's so wonderful. And uh, <clears throat> before the, his sacrifice, well, by faith, those in the Old Testament, they believed that the Messiah would come and they would be saved. But now since the Lord Jesus Christ died, he has opened up the way. And uh, before, like, the veil was there, but now in the New Testament, we see that the veil is taken away. And those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ as sinners and believe on his sacrifice and the blood shed for them, they have their sins removed. And now they can have communication with heaven, and heaven is open for them. Uh, in Hebrews, again, we read, <coughs> uh, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, in the presence of God, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The forerunner, the one who goes before us, he has entered, he offered up his, himself, shed his precious blood, didn't come into the presence of God with the blood of animals, but he came into the presence of God with his own blood. And he entered in. And because we believe on him, because we, have, we trust him, when a sinner turns from his sins and turns to the Savior to be saved, then he is our forerunner. He's entered in. He's inside on our behalf. And we have this assurance as an anchor of the soul. And you know, when we think of an anchor, like we go back to the days of sailing and what is an anchor? Usually, like we think of an anchor, like you, you don't want to be drifting, so you, you let down the anchor so that your boat will not be drifting. But I don't think that's the way this passage is using the imagery of the anchor. Uh, in the days of sailing boat, when there was no motor to propel the boat, what they would do, like they would come, they, they would not be able to come into port uh, on the sa with the sails because it's too dangerous. So they would come close to the port and then they would take the anchor of the boat in a, in a small boat, they would row back, to, they would row to the shore, to the wharf, and they would anchor the anchor there solidly. 
And then they would pull the boat into port. And I believe that's what it's speak, speaking of here when the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as an anchor of the soul. He's inside. He's there. That's the guarantee that those who believe on him will be inside. That's the, the way we have access through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is there solidly anchored. And we are going in with him. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But you know when he was speaking to Nathaniel, the Lord Jesus Christ here, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He was referring to a situation that happened before in the book of Genesis, which typified what we're talking about here. And it was uh, Jacob as he was journeying and uh, he had a dream. And when he had a dream, it says in Genesis 28, verse 12 and 13, And he, Jacob, dreamed and beheld a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. And Jacob, in verse 16 and 17, said, Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not and he was afraid and said how dreadful is this place this is none other but the house of God and this is the gate of heaven so here Jacob is standing there and he sees this ladder in his dream and the ladder is upon the earth and it reaches to heaven and the Lord God is on the top and the angels are ascending and descending. Access to heaven. Heaven open. And uh, he said he was afraid. But we're not afraid. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, he is our ladder uh, to heaven. He said himself in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But through him we have access to the Father. This is so wonderful. You know, when we think about that, that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is our way into heaven. He has opened up heaven for us because he shed his precious blood for us on the cross of Calvary. But that, and that's the Christian life. You know, it begins at the cross. It begins when we find the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, giving us access into heaven. But that's, it doesn't end there. We spend our life our Christian life, having access to heaven, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Hebrews again says, Wherefore, seeing now, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And in French, it says the, the career that is open before us. You know, it's a wonderful thing, the Christian life. We're going into this race. It's open before us. We have access to heaven uh, that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So this is, we are saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross of Calvary. And we live by faith. We have access into heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the, the new and living way that he has consecrated for us. Wonderful thing to live the Christian life, isn't it? You know, we have access to heaven. 
There's people who say there is no God. Well, somebody said I was just talking to him this morning. And uh, we, uh, we have access. I, I read something too. They said if there was no God, there would be no atheist. <laughs> so really, like there is a God and we have access to him and through the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we, we see in Acts chapter 7, heaven was opened there too. But we see a man here like he is because of his testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is speaking to these religious men and they don't want to hear of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sad, isn't it? But he wants to speak of him. And as he's speaking of him, and this is a long chapter, and he's just pouring out his heart concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, going into the Old Testament and, and showing the things concerning Christ to these people who would have known the, New Te- the Old Testament. And he's pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ and they get angry with him. You know, like sometimes we think, you know, that uh, the, uh, the murderers uh, are far away from the religious people. Well, here they are together. It's, it's the murderers that are the religious people. And when you reject Christ, then you, anything, you can do anything. And out of their hatred for the Lord Jesus Christ, they, they want to kill him. They want to stone him. But there's one thing about uh, Stephen. He's not at a dead end. You know, he's not at a dead end at all. And when he comes, he sees heaven open. You know, they're going to push him out of this world. Well, heaven is open. (laughs) Just, he only steps out of this world to step into heaven. And they stone him to death. And he says, like what he says to them, you know, I see heaven open and the glory of God. And he sees the Lord Jesus Christ and says, Lord, do not lead this, sin to their charge like and he's willingly going into heaven heaven is open and that's the way it is for us isn't it we're not at a dead end in this world <laughs> what can the world do to us if if they don't want us here well we have a better place and that's why paul would say we are confident you know we are confident i say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So we don't come to a dead end in this world. Nobody can bring us to a dead end. Heaven is open for us. And stepping out of this world is just for us stepping into heaven. This is where we're going to be home forever in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is so wonderful, isn't it? Like we can face anything in this life. It doesn't matter. Like when we come out of this world, we'll be in heaven forever. There's nothing that can change that. The Lord Jesus Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary. And when we have trusted him as our Savior, we are confident. And we are rather willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So with such a a, a thought in view, like we we can go on in this world and we know where the end will be, (laughs) in the presence of the Lord forever. But then we see heaven open also uh, in the book of Acts chapter 10 when Peter, like, he sees heaven open and a great sheet knit at the corners coming down. And the Lord is communicating something very important here. And uh, when we think, and Peter, like when the Lord says all the four-footed beasts and, and there, and the Lord says, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And he says, no, no, Lord, <laughs> nothing ever unclean has come into my mouth, so I'm not going to. And the Lord says to him, no, what I have I cleansed, don't see it as common. Like, I've, I've, I want, I'm turning to the Gentiles, and I'm, yeah, I want you to bring the gospel to them. 
Imagine, even like he, he wouldn't have done it unless heaven was open and communicated with him that this is what he was to do. And, and here we are, you know, we have received the gospel and it's so wonderful that it has reached us. But uh, even after he had gone to the Gentiles, he had to tell the other Jews, the believing Jews, the, that uh, he, what he was doing was right. God had communicated and opened the door of the gospel to us. Peter was told by the Lord Jesus Christ that he was be given the keys of heaven and he opened for the Jews on the day of Pentecost and he opened the door for the Gentiles with Cornelius as he went to him. Imagine, you know, like we see this man Cornelius and uh, he, was, he feared God, but he needed to hear the words of salvation. And who would go and give him the words of salvation? The Jews would not do that except the Lord opened heaven. You know, that was quite a, the occasion. The Lord opened heaven. It was important. There was a communication. That Peter, you go and bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And from there, it has reached, as the Lord had said, the ends of the world. That's what he wanted his disciples to do, to bring the gospel to the ends of the world. But then we come to Revelation chapter 19. And uh, the heavens is open again. And... Uh, but in chapter 4 of Revelation, we see that there's a window open in heaven. And John, after the Lord has been dealing with the church, he is calling John to ascend into heaven and come into heaven. And from there, he will see what's going on on earth after the church. And he's a type of the church being raptured, you know, before the Lord opens heaven to this world in judgment. He will call his own to himself. And the Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. So here, but then after that, from that standpoint, John can see the judgment that is coming upon the earth. It's going to be a terrible thing when, for the world who has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes people say, I don't believe in God. I say, well, just wait, you will. <laughs> it's like if you don't believe in train, stand by the train track. Eventually you will. And it's the same thing here. The Lord one day will open heaven. Could you imagine in this world, and you know, people are saying whatever they want, they're doing whatever they want, and uh, they're refusing the word of God, and all of a sudden heaven opens. And here he is, don't believe in him, here he is, in all power and majesty and glory. And, but he's, he, this is going to be a sad thing. We read earlier in the book of Revelation that they cried, the chief people, you know, the, the mighty men, the men of war, the mighty men, they're saying to the rocks and the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of the Lamb. Because the day of his wrath has come. They know it. The day of his wrath has come. And who can stand? But what, what a sad thing when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, and we read about it in chapter 11 of the uh, book of Revelation. He's coming in judgment. Heaven is open. The people standing there in their sin because they would not receive the Savior of the world. They would not receive the one who died for them on the cross of Calvary. Look at verse 11. It says, And I saw heaven open, 
Revelations 19, verse 11. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. So here the heaven opens, and who is the Lord Jesus Christ is manifested. Yes, he was here before. In a humble form, he took the form of a servant and was obedient unto that even the death of the cross. We mocked him, we spat in his face, we plucked his beard. Here he was, he was as a lamb before a shearer is dumb. He opened not his mouth. People are not afraid of him. But when he comes this time, heaven is open and the Lord Jesus Christ comes with all power and majesty and glory. And uh, it says there that he is uh, on a white horse. You know, and uh, it says that he is coming to establish his kingdom. He's going to take out of his kingdom all that, that, all those that are not saved, all those that are his enemies, all those that would not come to him to be saved, all those who rejected their love, his love, who rejected his love over and over again with all the opportunities that the Lord has given for people to repent. Because the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But he is long-suffering, or suffering long time, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But here, this time, it's all over. Heaven is open, and those who are found in their sin are meeting their judgment, the judgment that comes from, from heaven. And uh, it says in verse 11, it's, it's a righteous judgment. Sometimes people think God is a God of love. He will not judge. Well, he is righteous also. He is love, but he is righteous also. And he will bring justice. And it says he is on the white horse. And the white horse here speaks of a, a righteous military power. You know, it's a righteous military power. And it says here, faith, it says that the, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. What is faithful? Well, faithful means worthy of trust. You can, you can believe in the one who is faithful. He will not disappoint you. And the Lord Jesus Christ has promised, and he will come, he will bring righteousness, he will bring judgment, and he will bring righteousness and justice into this world. He is worthy of trust, and he is true. That means he is the absolute truth. You know, people don't believe there is truth absolute today. They think that whatever you think is truth is truth to you. And, but he is the absolute truth. He comes with truth. And he will judge in truth. And he is faithful. But then in verse 12, we see that uh, he says that his eyes were as a flame of fire. So his eyes as a flame of fire. He is omniscient. Who else could judge like him? You know, when you go to court, you need to bring some evidence. He needs no evidence. He knows everything. Not only the actions that men have done, not only the words that people have said, but he knows their thoughts. And he will bring evidence himself. He is, uh, his eyes are as a flame of fire. He sees right through us. He knows us. And this is, you know, this is why we run away from him, isn't it? We don't want to come to him as sinners. But, you know, he knows it. All we have to do is come to him and it's the best place to come with our sins. Because even though he sees my sin, he sees me, he loves me. And he wants to save me. 
and he's provided for that by shedding his precious blood. But on that day, they will come facing him. They will have to face their condition of sin before him. His eyes are as a flame of fire. And he has absolute authority. You can't go anywhere. You can't hide from him anymore. You can't run to somebody else for help. You can't call 911. There's nothing. He has many crowns. This is his authority. It says that uh, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. You know, there's no way out of this. It, heaven is open. The Lord Jesus Christ is manifested. People in their sin are seeing him, the power of God, the, the truth, and the faithful one. His eyes are, are, are as flame of fire. The, he sees right through them. He knows everything about them. There's nothing that needs to be revealed. He has everything. He knows everything. And what is interesting, in uh, verse 13 it says, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God. I, I say this, you know, the Word of God will have the last word. <laughs> The word of God will have the last word. The word of God has been rejected, written by men. You know, like the people don't want to see the word of God. But in the end, the word of God stands out. And it's the word of God that will have the last word. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, with the written word of God, and he is bringing judgment into this world. This is terrible, isn't it? And the Lord Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, my word shall not, my word shall not pass away. You know, they, when they heard him say that, they said, wow. Like they said of him, he speaks not like the Pharisees and the scribes. He speaks with authority. And, and we, you know, we can't do that ourselves. We can't speak of the word of God as my word. But he did. He says, my words, as when he spoke the word of God, it was his word. So it could, who could he be else than God himself manifested in the flesh? So he spoke his word, and on that day, he will speak his word. And his word will have the last word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. And his word will be the instrument to bring righteousness to bring justice into this world so the lord jesus christ you know he's given a place which a name which is above every name that at the name of jesus christ every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is lord to the glory of god the father so it's so wonderful but you know when judgment come in comes into this world uh <coughs> then the Lord will install his kingdom into this world. It will be righteousness. He will rule the world with, with a rod of iron. But for us, when, what, what is it going to be? You know, like we, when we see in the book of Revelation, after chapter 3, like we don't see the church anymore except the apostate church, not the true church. But then at the end, we see the church again. Now heaven is open, and uh, <coughs> it's the, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And this is so wonderful, you know, when we read about that, and that's why I said that, uh, you know, you could, we can keep on reading because it's talking about her abode. 
our eternal abode. It's describing something that is beautiful. I remember one time uh, we, uh, my brothers and I were with 